We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, a Friday edition of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much for locking in today, whether it's on the audio side, Spotify, Apple, or whether you're checking us out on the YouTube. Normally, this is casual Friday, and, and I do the show with Joe Yurden, of course, every week. But as many of you know right now, uh, Joe is still grieving his mother. Sadly, passed away last week, so Joe's with his family and, you know, just going through that process. I miss him, my buddy. Much love to him. Hopefully, he'll be back pretty soon. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm really excited about today because the show obviously still must go on. I got Chad D. Domenicis with me and uh, Chad, of course, founder of Expected Buffalo, co-host of the Expected Buffalo podcast with Anthony. I also know you're a good friend of Joe Yurden's as well. It's uh. It sucks, man. It sucks to see yeah, somebody tough. that you know and that you care about have to have to suffer loss like that, you know? Yeah, I really feel bad. You know, it's it's hard because you really don't know what to say except like yeah. you're sorry. And that you know that that's it, it feels like it's nothing, but really, I mean, you know, what else can you say when you're going through that? Especially for like someone like me who really has never gone hasn't gone through something like that. So you know, all I can say is I'm sorry and I'm here for you, man, and you know, hopefully we see you back. Yeah. Uh, you're talking sports soon. When he's when he when he's ready to start podcasting again, because of course he has maintenance day along with Lance Lazowski. Yeah. So when he's ready to talk sports, he will. Until then, you know, your friends are here for you, buddy. And uh Absolutely. we're thinking about you. And and by the way, I, I thank you for doing this podcast. Not just I would thank you regardless of when you did it, but we are taping this after 10 30 p.m. on Thursday night because look, I mean there was a hockey game uh, tonight, and I'll tell you, a lot of times, Chad, me and Joe do the show, and we usually tape like Thursday early afternoon around lunchtime, and quite frankly, we don't really give a shit about that game that night if it's a <laughs> podcast dropping the next day, but there was no way we were going to, you know, we, we we couldn't skip over that game and and, and still have a podcast, but uh, I appreciate you jumping on, man. It's always a, a thrill to talk to you, man. It's been a while, though. Been a while. It has been before the season, I think. It's been yeah. a long while. Yeah. You know what's funny? I always I I've told this, I think, before, but the name, Chad D. Dominicis. Now it rolls off my tongue. It's natural. <laughs> I remember I've been doing this podcast for like four years now. And I remember, and we've known each other on Twitter for quite a while, but mm-hmm. I've never really 
talk to you in person, you know, uh, vocally, where I actually had to know your name. I have always seen your name. And I remember before the first time I ever had you on, I swear to you, man, I, I was rehearsing your name and just like, don't fuck the name up. When you first introduced Chad on the podcast, like I had it written out on my notes and hyphens and, and, and shit like that. But <laughs> it's tough because people's like, can you hyphenate how to say it? And I'm like, uh, I guess. So like, it's like, I feel bad too. Like when they get it wrong. So when you do that, I'm like, I probably gave him the wrong hyphenation of how to do it. So whatever. <laughs> well, regardless of the pronunciation, man, you're obviously one of my favorite hockey guys. And not just, you know, obviously you're a hockey guy, you write about hockey, podcast about hockey, but you're a well-rounded sports. And I see your takes on lots of things. And sure. we'll spend at least a little bit of time. I want to get your thoughts on some <laughs> things going on with the Buffalo Bills. But I mean, obviously, yeah. there's no world. Don't get me yelled after this. Then <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> well, there's nowhere else to start besides tonight. Well, again, this is dropping Friday morning, but. Thursday night hockey game. What a uh, what a vibe, man! What a game, huh? What a, what a three to one. The Sabers win. I I did see the attendance figures twelve thousand four hundred thirty seven, and I don't know. I'm sure Chad, you've watched a lot of games this year where maybe the the attendance was like seven thousand, and it felt like there was maybe thirty five hundred. Like the mm-hmm. the numbers were full of shit, and compared to what it actually was and what it sounded like to me. And we're going to talk about a lot of layers with this game and just the Sabres in general. But 12,437, for the first time in quite a while, it feels like that was like a legit number. And it yeah. could have even been more. You know, it was it yeah. was some high energy at the arena on Thursday night. Yeah, it was right off the puck drop, too. So I like to see it. You know, it's the, the fans were into it. Um, you know, I mean, we knew going in, um, you know, Reinhardt didn't get a peep on Monday. and, and the building was not nearly as full as it was today either, but right. you knew there was Eichel was different. Not only was he Eichel, but the situation around it, the asking for a trade. And then, you know, just, you know, some people just don't like Jack Eichel. And um, <laughs> yeah, after, after like tonight, Eichel. after tonight, there's going to be more people that don't like Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll save that for a little bit here, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it was exciting to see, you know, I, I was into it. Um, I made sure I was ready. Usually like sometimes for games, like I don't really, sit down and get into it to like halfway through the first period. But I was into it from puck drop to, to the very end. Um, so yeah. And, and the people were too, and then the interaction and, and fun, you know, it's good. You know, Sabres fans have been through a lot the last few years and you know, it's, <laughs> it's nice for them to have one, you know, cause I'm sure it wasn't the only person when Vegas tied it with a goofy goal that I'm like, Oh God, we're going to go to overtime. Right. Terrible in overtime. Here comes the Eichel play. And then we got to watch it. When ESPN does talk about hockey, we got to watch the Eichel stuff for the next like three days. I'll tell you right now, Chad, when they scored that fluky goal and it was one, one, I'm like, you, my, my gut was telling me, I'm like, Jack's going to score. And that's how the, <laughs> that's how this game is going to end. Before we talk about this though. So Sam Reinhardt did come back on Monday and obviously, well, the crowd was much different and the reaction yeah. I feel like was much different. This might be a rhetorical question, but I, are, are you surprised that the crowd was so much harder on Jack Eichel than it no. was on, on Sam Reinhardt? No, not at all. I, I think, I think a lot of people understood, um, you know, Sam as a player, I mean, not everybody that there was some people who don't, but understood him as a player, appreciated what he did. Um, you know, and of course it helps. You know, as I was going out the door to Florida, he said some good things too. You know, everybody saw that uh, video the Sabres put out where he called, Adams back after the trade to thank him and say, you know, he really wished it would have worked out and he felt bad and all that stuff. So, you know, he actually got cheered when they announced him as a starter in the uh, open lineup for that yeah. game. So it, it's a drastic difference 
between Sam and Jack. And um, I, I really think the main thing is the trade request. I yeah. mean, it, Eichel put it out there himself when he talked to Friedman like the day after he got traded. And then now he likes a new in interviews to kind of pretend he never said that and, and jump around it. But I, I think that's the main reason. So, no, there was no surprise. I, I expected him to get booed fully. I expected him to get booed heavily. Um, and I expect that to continue when he does make his annual trip here. Yeah, well, let, let me let me say this. We'll spend a few minutes talking about the post game in a minute because Jack Eichel made probably more headlines after the game than he did mm-hmm. on the game, or he is right now as we're recording this. And we'll, we'll just talk about how we feel about Jack on and off the ice before that. But first, let's spend a couple of minutes talking about this game because, again, high energy, um, a really good vibe. The Sabres, of course, win 3-1. And it's like, all right, so Jack Eichel goes scoreless and Payton Krebs scores, and then Alex Tuck scores to clincher, right? empty net or not. He still he got around Jack Eichel to kind of turn the puck over. Like, not only line. did he get the empty netter, he stole the puck from Eichel. Yeah, down skates down from a bad angle, yeah. too. Yeah. And he scored, and you could just see in his, in his body and yeah. his face talk the uh, the enthusiasm of him. But it's like, all right, so Jack don't score, Payton does, Tuck does, just the way we all drew it up, right? Just the way we right, all exactly. thought it was going to be, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, going forward, I'm sure we won't have as many as those games. You know, he'll get his against Sabres eventually over the next five years. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it was good for fans to have that moment. Um, the team was into it. You could tell right away. Uh, it feels like they knew what was on the line, essentially. Um, they probably, they I mean, they said they fed, fed off the fans early. Uh, and not only was it Eichel's, you know, return too. I mean, don't, don't forget, we saw at the end of the game that they were going for Anderson's 300th win too. Yeah. So, you know, that, that plays into it too. So not only was it a Michael thing, it was Anderson's chance to win game 300 at home. Um, you know, so the, the team was into it. Um, feisty, physical, um, you know, two fights. Um, the second fight I, I think was garbage from how Keegan Colasar acted and, you know, knocked, Fitzpatrick out of the game. Um, or Fitzgerald, I'm sorry. I, I get the Fitzpatrick Fitzgerald mixed up. We might, talk about Fitzgerald. Fitz, we might talk about Fitzpatrick <laughs> in a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> but knock Fitzgerald out of the game with the cheap hits laying on the ice. Um, so we'll see where that goes, if anywhere. But uh, yeah, it's just a high-energy game. Fans into it. Um, you had the fights, if you like that. You had the hits. Um, I mean, you even had Dalina for like a few times. He really could have took some guys' heads off and kind of laid up on hits. Um, one time on like Marshall in the third, or I think it was Marshall in the third period. Um, he really had him lined up coming across the middle and he just kind of dipped his shoulder into him. But if that was a different guy, I, I think Marshall might end up in the first row. But yeah, overall, it was fun. A fun night. Well, it was really cool after the game to see not even so much the fans, how they felt about Anderson getting win 300, but the team, the players, how excited they were for him. I never really. I mean, I don't know why, but until this game tonight, I never really stopped, I guess, to appreciate the positive impact that Anderson is having on his team. And I did hear some of his post-game comments. I, I don't remember what he said word for word, so I'm going to be paraphrasing, but something along the lines of he's just trying to help these kids out and, and mentor them. And he's he went out of his way to kind of say something along the lines of learning. He's trying to teach them what to learn from the mistakes that he made, the things that he yep. should have done that he didn't as a player. It never really hit me until tonight. It's like, you know, forget about what he's doing on the ice, which hasn't been terrible in that considering his age and Not circumstance all. and all that. But it's like, this guy probably is being a, uh, he's probably had a, a much bigger impact on this team off the ice than a lot of fans, I think, are giving credit for. 
Absolutely. And uh, that was the thing when they brought him in. Um, he even said when he signed that he didn't think he was going to play this year. And then the Sabres called him, told him what his role was going to be, what they wanted for him. And he was 100% in all the way from the very beginning. So, you know, that that's a great move by the Sabres to get these veterans in where in the past if they brought these veteran guys in, it really hasn't worked where, you know, I, I think with Anderson and I think Oposa, what he's done, uh, yeah. Gergensen's when he's around, he's been hurt, but he'll be back soon. But even some of that veteran leadership, but then getting Tuck in here, getting a guy who has, he hasn't won a ring, but he's made long playoff drives with teams. He knows what it takes this league to win. And he's a passionate guy too. So I, I think, you know, having those guys around these younger guys, you know, to kind of have that rub off on them and then just kind of bring team camaraderie. I mean, Anderson said it today. They all get along. They all hang out. I've heard too, that they're a very close team. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's good. You know, doesn't mean you're going to win a lot of games on the ice. No, but it's a start, right? It's a start that you have a close team of guys coming up together, a bunch of young kids essentially at this point, still under 20 years old, most of them. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's promise. I keep telling people there's legitimate promise here for the first time in a long time. I mean, there, we've had to fabricate promise the last four or five years where this time, you know, the, it, it's real. And, you know, it's, we'll see how real it is in a year or two, but it, it it definitely looks like it is right now. You know, you brought up Kyle Ocposo, and it got me thinking. I, from the first maybe, I don't know, two periods, I didn't have a single tweet about this game, not one. Mm-hmm. And then on that goal that Olsen scored, what a nice setup that was yep. from Ocposo. And it got me thinking. I'm like, you know, this is a guy who a lot of fans, and myself included, by the way, really shit out a lot more than uh, – was deserved, not this year, obviously, because this is what I'm talking about. He's been really, really good this year. Yeah. But there was a, a, a nice span of his career where, like, all we kept ever, whenever the name Kyle Poso came up, it would be like, can they trade him for anything? Or what, you know, buying him out, just getting rid of the guy in his crazy contract and, and stuff like that. But it's like, now, <laughs> I'm like, this guy's kind of, well, I, I don't want to say he's worth the money because that shit is such a big contract. But he is a very good influence on this team. And I think he always has been. But yeah. for whatever, I don't know, Chad. I mean, you would know better than me. But this year, it just seems like he's taking his game to another level with Buffalo, at least compared to the last couple of years anyway, ain't it? Yeah, I mean, he found the fountain of youth. I would like to know where it is because he found it. <laughs> I mean, he looks faster. He looks stronger. He looks better on the walls. I mean, there was times last year, and again, it could be a Kruger effect. You just watch him play, and you're like, this guy's toast. Can't skate. Right. He's slow. Loses the puck constantly. Not this year. Whole different player. Now, he mentioned some of it was maybe he wasn't in the best shape last season, and he took that to heart this offseason or last this past offseason and came into camp better shape, and I'm sure that's part of it. And I'm sure the other part of it is, you know, he's not the captain, but realistically, this is his team. And I think he has embraced that role. I think he's excited about it. And I think he really passionately takes to heart that this is his team and he is going to lead them as long as he's here and show them the way. And, you know, he does it on and off the ice. So, you know, it, it's it's funny. I, I think of a Poso, instead of making six, if he made three and a half, four million dollars, people would absolutely love this guy. He would just, he would just the perfect amount of money for him to make for what he gives you. Um, but, you know, one more he left on the contract, you know, he'll be here next year. Um, and then we'll kind of see what they do at that point. It'll be interesting, you know, it's a conversation a year away, but it'll be interesting to see what they do 
maybe next deadline um, if they look to move him. But he'll be here next year. He'll be part of the leadership group again. Um, I'm assuming Tuck probably is going to have a C in his jersey, but I, I think, you know, Apostle will have A2 and they'll be part of that leadership group. Yeah, the for, young group again. for sure. I, I think Apostle is going to be one of those guys where maybe he's not fully appreciated right now. Although I do think fans like him. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say that years down the road, people are really going to look back and sure. very fondly of him. You know what I mean? It's kind of yep. his appreciation is going to go up as, as the years go by. You know, funny to me, by the way, after the game from Ryan Murr on Twitter, he said, it's funny, but it's not that far from the truth. He goes, I haven't seen the crowd cheer this loud since the Cam Atkinson goal. <laughs> That's when they <laughs> clinched the, the, the tank for the Sabres. That's yep. not really that far off, man. No, I mean, there was the 10-game winning streak where it yeah, was pretty crazy in moments. there. But that was really it. I mean, there was a few in there here and there, but um, <laughs> not many. But yeah, I mean, it was not many. Not many at all, for sure. I mean, so Eichel wasn't that wrong. There wasn't a lot. There were some, but there wasn't a lot. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was... It was good to see. You know, it, was, it, it felt it put a gr- smile on your face. It yeah. felt great for for take away, forget the Eichel aspect and forget, mm-hmm. you know, Krabs and, and Tuck playing against their old team as well. Forget that. Just fo- focus on it as just a normal hockey game itself, which it wasn't. But I'm I'm saying it just felt really good tonight to to hear the crowd on TV. When you could hear the crowd on TV like we did, yep. and you could almost uh, sounding corny but it's true like you can almost like feel the energy through the television it's been a long time since uh since it's felt that way for me i'm going back years and years and it's it, it kind of makes me angry in a way every time the sabers do good do something good the downside is it, it kind of gets me angry because <laughs> then i start remembering that this was the norm not all yeah. well it was a long time ago it, and it feels like a long, long time ago, time yeah. ago but yeah. this used to be younger fans probably don't even know this right now if you're in your, no. your young 20s you don't know this shit but yep. this kind of vibe that you saw tonight was kind of it was almost a norm for a long time you know it's frustrating in that regards yeah i mean look you know it's the other thing too the, the other aspect of it is you know we've seen the attendance when you have a night like tonight, when you get 12,000 people in there, some people for the first time in a while in that sure. building, you get the, and hey, that was fun. I'll spend 30 bucks and go next week or go to this game or that game. Or if you bring, you bring your kid to the game and your kid has fun. And then they tell dad, they want to go back or mom, I want to go back. So, so really, I mean, having a night like tonight where you really get, you know, the biggest crowd you've had all season, essentially, according to the numbers that they put out. And, you know, that's always not a hundred percent accurate, but, you know, to have that, I think, is going to go a long way for the Sabres. You know, it's not going to all of a sudden make every single game 10,000 fans, but inside of 8,000, maybe now you get 9,000. Yeah. Maybe you get a more passion. And then, you know, with Quinn and Paterica and Power get here in the next month, then maybe you do start to see 10, 12, 13,000 fans because they're coming to see those guys, to see the future. I think especially when Power gets here, um, you know, maybe the end of the season, the last month or so, you're going to see that attendance bump up pretty high because people want to see him. Yeah. I would say, all right, so we're talking about like the the energy and the vibe was really good, especially in the third period in a close game where the Sabres pulled it out because I think a lot of people were ultimately waiting, like I had said a few minutes ago, I was waiting for, right. for Jack to score and the Sabres waiting to fight. Waiting for the bad news to come. Yeah, yeah. because that's <laughs> common with the Sabres. Yeah. That aside, though, as for Jack himself, the, the crowd reaction, it was very divided, very mixed. It was like 
Trump versus Biden in 2020 all over again. You're like, you're on one side or you're on the other. Nobody yeah. was doing Nobody's this. In the Nobody yeah. was in the middle class. You know, golf. There's no golf claps. You were either mm-hmm. on your feet for the dude or you were booing your head off. I seen one sign that said, thanks or nothing, Jack. Yeah. I thought it might have been a little bit a uh, little bit extreme. Were you, uh, were you at all surprised by the reaction from the crowd? Is this kind of what you expected to see? Yeah, 100%. I, it's, you know, it's what I thought would be the case. Um I agree. Some of the signs are a bit much, but whatever. It's all in good fun. You know, who cares? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I went into this game. You know, my feeling is I, I and I put it on Twitter. I, I don't have anything against the guy. You know, it's whatever. You know, the team was bad. He wanted to move. Yes, they traded him. I get you had the neck thing in there, and, and I'm not going to get into the semantics of who was right, who was wrong there. Sure. Um, But, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. But at the same time, like I said, when we started this, you know what you did. You asked for a trade. So don't be surprised when you get the reaction you got. I mean, you asked to leave any sports town. If a player asked to leave, man, it's you're you're free game. Like you will you deserve to get the booze you get at sports. That's the kind of the way it works. You know, it's it's not like a Pominville thing here, even a Reinhardt thing where you, you know, we didn't ask to leave. But I mean, you kind of knew it was coming, you know, but. No, it is what it is, and he didn't like it, apparently, um, and he kind of made that known, but, you know. Well, I agree, I agree with you because, and only because, of the revelation that came out recently where we found out that he wanted to trade earlier in his mm-hmm. contract. Now, if it would have been he wanted to get traded because of how his injury was handled and stuff, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't. Blame right, that's I, different. Yep. Right, that is like different. He asked for it a year before, so before the whole right. injury, he, he wanted out. Yeah. No, and I understand, and I agree with that. Um, the tribute video that the Sabers put together. Did you think it was good? I I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I was a little bit nervous after what they did for Reinhardt on Monday, but uh, yeah, it was fine. You know, it was about a minute long. Um, I liked how they did the off ice stuff too because they really did not promote. When he was here, a lot of the off-ice stuff that he did. True. Um, so I'm glad they included that in the video to kind of show really in the community how involved he was because, you know, I, if there was, if there is one thing you can say Jack kind of got a raw deal on, I think that was it when he was here is how little they promoted the stuff he did. And, you know, where if you look at the other side with Josh Allen, you know, they, they have a camera on that guy 24-7 no matter what he does. Right. Yeah. And that was definitely not the case for Eichel. I agree 100%. I'll tell you what, I want to take a real quick break. And on the other side, I want to talk about Jack Eichel post game because this was uh, this was pretty explosive. And then I, w- I do want to spend a couple of minutes talking bills. Be right back, Chad D. Dominicus. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I am back with Chad, and <laughs> I'm surprised. I, I'm not gonna lie. Um, post game, very uh bitter, Patty Jack Eichel. I, but I'll tell you what, Chad. I am gonna try and make an attempt to look at this a little bit objectively. Um, well, first let me. I gotta read these quotes because these are direct quotes. I was paraphrasing earlier about Craig Anderson. These are like literal. You gotta words. watch the video too. The video is important because you need to say you need to see not only his face but his like body language Agreed. too. So later, check if you haven't seen it or Pat, if you haven't watched the video yet, watch the video because that like adds to it. Like he's like looking around. He's doing just just that attitude. Like this, I think even makes very it even more, like, very shitty attitude after the yeah. game. Um, this is what he said. I want to quote two lines here. He said, "That's the loudest I've." Heard this place ever and only took seven years and me leaving for them to get into the game. <laughs> I, I wish I could say it in the tone that he said it, which I, I can't duplicate it, but those are some strong ass words. And then he also said, they might just be booing me because they wish I was still here. Um, all right. So I asked you if you were surprised about the Jack Arco reaction from the fans. And obviously you weren't. Are you surprised that he came this strong after the game? And I, I got a yes. take on this as well, because Again, I'm going to at least attempt to look at this semi-objectively. I, th- I thought it was b- bullshit, you know, the, the 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 pettiness, the way he handled it. It was a very sore loser to me. But anyway, uh, what were your thoughts on, on when you heard this or saw this? Uh, yeah, so I saw it live, and I was actually looking down, updating charts. And the second he started, um, I, I didn't hear, like, I, I guess I heard, I didn't see it live, his reaction when he started talking. But the second I heard him like say like the seven years thing, like I was like, I looked up, I was like, whoa. And I immediately, then I started watching from there. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I I don't know. Like I just didn't expect it. Maybe that's, you should have. And all, all the stuff that people said about, you know, Jack, you're like, I don't know if that's true. I mean, okay. Like some of you, you made those people kind of look like they were right tonight, Jack, but how you just, just the, pettiness and he talked about you know in his ESPN interview how he's trying to be more mature and not take losses so seriously and everything but just I mean and I get it heat of the moment microphone camera in your face break it off the ice 
frustrated, very frustrated. I understand, but man, like there's you, you, you don't walk those back. You cannot (laughs) walk it back. You said what you said. You said what you believe. Because you know when you're in the heat of the moment like that, you say what you believe. You, you, you said it. Um. So yeah, I mean, part of me also thought thinks that I sort of think, and I could be reaching, but maybe not that. Vegas is not gonna love that that he came with that. Like I feel like someone's gonna go to him and say, Okay, Jack, I understand, but that's not how we do things here. Like that you're we're not you're not gonna have that type of attitude. Like, you know, so I, I maybe maybe even Vegas kind of got the first look at like his pettiness, childness side, where they're like, oh, okay. Um, so I wonder if someone kind of has a conversation with him, but maybe they don't, and it's just me reaching for stuff, but yeah, it's whatever. I mean, also, you love, you love a good villain. Part of me hoped that somebody asked Alex Tuck what they thought of his comments, but I didn't see anything because I kind of wanted the ride to keep going here. Maybe you get Tuck to say something, but I don't think I got anything out of that. But future, yeah, I mean, future Captain Alex Tuck yeah. didn't do it. Would have been nice. It would have been nice. <laughs> go find, go find like the pettiest. Like this would have been like a good Risto moment. Like if Ristolini was still here and someone like told him what Eichel said, he for sure would have had a comment. Yeah, because he just he he was the guy who didn't care. He'd say whatever he was thinking. Jack Eichel was the uh, he was the hot chick who dumped her man, and then the man moved on and is uh-huh. happy now. And, <laughs> and, and and the hot chick can't take that shit, so she's gonna yeah. you know she's gonna throw shade at him. I thought it was completely uncalled for. I will say it was. I mean, you just spoke about this as well. It was heat of the moment. I'm sure he was frustrated. This was not another game for him. He had this, just like us as fans, Chad, the second this trade got done, literally my eyes weren't even done reading the tweets and I was already scurrying on over to NHL.com and checking the schedule to see when Vegas was coming to Buffalo. I'm sure Jack has had this schedule or this circle on the calendar for a while. I'm sure there's nothing more on earth he wanted to do than to come here and beat the shit out of Buffalo, just like Sam Reinhardt in Florida did, you know, Mm -hmm. earlier in the week. I'm sure he's incredibly frustrated. But to your point, and you're right, this does show, and if you're a Vegas fan, you might be a little, you know, at least one little red flag might be waving yeah. right now because we're like, oh, so this is how he's going to handle adversity? This, yeah. That's that's not a good look, man. It's not a good look. And that's to mention, this is also, I mean, on top of losing to the Sabres, Vegas is, they're in trouble sure. right now. Yeah. They're hurt. They are two points up on Edmonton. They have lost. The last two nights to fill it or to the, so they lost to Philadelphia on God, what, what are we Tuesday? Lost to Philadelphia. They lost to Buffalo today. Oh, by the way, they go play the Penguins tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And then I think I forgot where else they go, but like this is a long road trip they're on right now. And I think they're now one and three on this trip. And then, like I said, you go to Pittsburgh on back to back nights. Oh, by the way, you don't have your goaltender and you have the AHL goalie playing against the Penguins tomorrow. Good luck. And then I think they go out to Western Canada on the way back towards Vegas. So, yeah, I mean, on top of it, I'm sure that's not helping because I think they've only won one or two games since he's actually been there, which is also in, in itself kind of funny. Like he's, you know, talked about going to Vegas, finally being able to win now, and, and they've only won like twice out of the five games he's played. So, if you, you know, ha- if you hate Jack for whatever reason, you, if you hate <laughs> Jack Uncle for whatever reason, he's giving you plenty of ammunition oh, right yeah. now. For all the points, all your bullet points on your Jack Eichel hatred because 
Yeah, they're not. They're not. He's great. He's a good player. He he's, well, and I he, thought he actually played good in that game. Yeah, I mean, he, he's scoring. He, he is well. scoring. So he's 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 and he's not a hundred percent either. But no. he's playing good hockey. The team's mm-hmm. not winning. He had some very petty comments tonight. Um, just that I don't know. Like you said in the video, it, it, it definitely hits you different if you see it as opposed mm-hmm. to if you just read it or even hear it. It definitely hits you different when you can see his facial expression and just the, the body language, the body yeah. language, the facial language on him. It yeah. just, it, it was, it was really a turn up. I really hope now, maybe, maybe going forward to some extent at least, that everyone could just move on. You know, I know Jack's yeah. always going to be a big deal coming back. Now, unlike Rissalainen and and Reinhardt, you know, he's in the Western Conference. You're only going to see him in see Buffalo him once, once a, year. a year, and you're going to play him twice a year. I, I it might lessen a little bit. It might not be like tonight every. Year, although maybe yeah. it will well, be. Maybe then it next will. time might be because of what he said, but after that, right. not as bad. But yeah. it's like tonight was tonight was a again, it was almost it almost felt fictional to me, Chad. It's like mm-hmm. this is what it can be. You know, you, you beat them, he doesn't score. Who cares if he scores or not? You you win the game. Yep. And the two of the guys, two of the big the two big pieces that you got in this trade both score. And yep. Grabs scored a nice guy. I mean, Hennis Jones, it was a beautiful pass. But oh, so yeah. he was in good position. He skated and got himself in good position uh, yeah. to redirect and, and tip that in. And then, like I said, just a tuck goal was a hustle goal. It's like, this is what we have now. Let's not worry about, I hope at least anyway, some fans at least start to spend more of their energy, if not all of it, worrying about what this team has right now. Instead of worrying about Sam and worrying about Jack and what yeah. they're up to. Like we did, we obsessed over Ryan O'Reilly for a couple of years when he was with St. Louis. <laughs> you know, what is he up to? But this this young team is this core. Do you feel like a game like today, even if it's just one game, do you do you feel like this could springboard them to play much better for the rest of the year? Well, we got like twenty three games left, and granted, again, they're tied for twenty eighth in the NHL. They ain't yeah. going nowhere this year. That's no. not even what I'm talking about. But just playing more consistently, better hockey is this the kind of game you think that can help them build a lot of confidence and maybe bring them closer together, like Anderson was talking about post game. Yeah, I think so, especially when coming off, you know, the Kings loss and then you know getting your head kicked in by the panthers on monday um you know i I think it's good to get this one in because you know in the middle of this reunion week um you end it with the heritage classic against the leafs on sunday outside yeah so you have a cool outdoor game so i think getting this win um yeah maybe brings them together get some excited you're going to get some guys back uh here too after you know after the heritage classic then they head out west uh, on the trade deadline, but you're going to get some guys back here for the next few games, um, which is good because, you know, Fitzgerald going out tonight with the injury, you lost Asplin too. So you're going to need some bodies to fill in there. Especially right when you look like you didn't, you had to send some guys down. Um, it always works out where you manage to get away with it. When guys are coming back, other guys come out and, you know, they'll be able to kind of make it work all the way to the deadline. So that's, you know, good for them in that regard. But yeah, you know, I, I think it's a nice springboard, um, at least for the game Sunday. We've seen from the Sabres team that, you know, we've seen it last week. They beat the Leafs. They beat the Wild, feeling really good about themselves, laying A against the Kings, get crushed by, you know, Florida. By Florida yeah. And then you win against Vegas. So, I don't know. Are you feeling good about yourself against Toronto? You got to feel Toronto's probably pretty mad because you embarrassed them last time you were in their barn. So, um, we'll see what kind of mood the Leafs are in, although they don't have a goaltender that can stop a puck right now. But... <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll see how that goes on Sunday. Before we spend a couple of minutes talking bills here, you mentioned, excuse me, you mentioned the NHL trade deadline. And you you look at guys like 
Quinn, you, you hopefully Owen Power, like you said, will be up before the end of the season. Maybe Paterka gets back mm-hmm. up before the end of the season. You got these young guys, a lot of them in the lineup now. Who do you think there is maybe one or two guys? Because to play these guys, there are some guys that are going to have to not be in the lineup, whether they're scratches or if an injury happens, of course. But yeah. there's at least a couple of these, the, these skaters, these veterans uh, might be gone. Who do you think? And what do we got? Like about a week and a half left now before the trade deadline? Who are a couple of guys that you think are most likely to uh, end up getting dealt before the deadline? Yeah, so it's a week from Monday. Um, so I, I think I think guys that definitely go are Colin Miller and Robert Haig. Um, I think they're both definitely gone. I, I would put Vinny Hinnestrosa probably in that category too. Um, and then you get to Cody Eakin, who I, I just had this feeling all along they're going to move him. So my gut says he's going to go too. So we have four guys right now. Um, I don't think Butcher goes anywhere. Um, and then the only other guy that is, well, there's Mark Pesek too, but again, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I, I don't know. I mean, Pesek's hard. You know, maybe he, did, he didn't play tonight, so maybe he does. Um, you know, we'll see. But um, the guy that I think is interesting to talk about is Craig Anderson. So it'll be 100% up to him what he wants to do. I'm sure they will ask him if he wants to stay on this team or if he would like him to move somewhere where he can chase a ring maybe for the final time. My gut tells me he stays, but I wouldn't completely rule out the possibility of, of him going if he asks and agree, or agrees, whatever comes first, whatever way it goes. But I think he's the one guy that's interesting to watch where the other ones you kind of know who is probably going to go. I want to piggyback off some of the info you just gave us. Anderson, whether he stays or whether he goes, is it your opinion that UPL should be up here playing games for the Sabres, or do you think he should be right where he is right now? You do think he should be up in Buffalo? Yeah, I think after the West Coast trip, he will be up Mm -hmm. um, because I think then they won't won't be worried to lose Tukarski, especially if Anderson stays. Then they can put Tukarski through waivers. If someone claims him, whatever. so, you know, and I, I think Lukanen has deserved an opportunity to be up. Uh, he played well before he got hurt. You know, his AHL numbers haven't been great since he went back, but I honestly don't care because the AHL numbers were never good. And every time he comes to the NHL, he plays well. So, you know, I don't really don't care what happens in the AHL. Just get him back up. He deserved it. Um, you you got to keep that thing going, especially with the young guys, that if you earn your spot, you get to keep it. So, I get sending him back for a couple of weeks until the deadline to get back in the flow of it, to play a few games that has happened now. So I would fully expect after that West coast trip to, uh, for him to be up with the team. You mentioned a handful of defensemen as potential guys to move before the trade deadline. And it got me thinking, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the young kids and the young guys on this team, like Krebs and talking, you know, of course, cousins, middle stat and so on and so forth. Of course, obviously Rasmus Dahlin tonight. I, I want your take on Samuelson because I think they went out of their way to really compliment him. In fact, I think they said he, um, the guy in TV, Bucci, said he had a, a monster game tonight. Is that what you're seeing too? Because he, yeah. at least for me, and again, I don't watch hockey with the same uh, as often as you do or as as closely as you do. What are your thoughts right now on how Samuelson's looking? He's been excellent for them. Um you know, I I, I tweeted out the charts. I didn't think it was as drastic as it was, but it really, when watching the game, it felt like 
every shift, either Bryson, Darlene, or Samuelson were on the ice from about this half of the second period for the rest of the game. And that kind of plays out. I mean, they all played those three, I think, were near upward of 18 to 20 minutes, all three of them at five on five, which is kind of crazy. Um, so especially when you lost, you know, Fitzgerald, they really leaned on those three. Um, but yeah, he's excellent. He's just so good and strong defensively. I forgot who the player was, but that plays in a stick in my head for a long time. Uh, it might've been Chandler Stevenson coming down the wall. You're like, he smoked, he's burned. And nope, Samuelson just, I'm going to look at my reach, poke check, rushes over. Like he's, you know, his, his ability to use his stick is impressive. Um, the way he has improved his footwork from in college to where he is now has been impressive. We've seen it start to kind of, you know, really start to take place the last year and a half or so when he played in the AHL. Um, you know, when I was watching the Amherst last year specifically, I was like, wow, this is really not the guy I watched a lot in college. Just he moves a lot better. He's more, you know, comfortable against the rush. So, you know, you're seeing all of that. And then to see it actually not only go from college level to a you know, pro level improvement in the AHL, but he's actually even like taken to that next step at the NHL level. So, you know, it's, it's impressive. You have a legit top four left shot defenseman. And the crazy part is he actually probably can be a dynamite third pair for you because, by the way, your first and second pair defensemen are Owen Powell and Rasmus Dahlin. So your left side of your blue line is absolutely stacked. And, oh, by the way, Ryan Johnson, who also looks really good playing in college, is also a left shot defenseman. So they're pretty log jam on the left side. Maybe Johnson flips to the right. Um, but, you know, the left side of their defense looks rock solid for the next, I don't know what, seven, eight years. Let's uh let's switch gears here. Let's let's talk a couple minutes. Buffalo Bills got the hockey okay. guy here, so of course we'll talk a little bit of football. What are your thoughts on how you think Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills are going to be approaching free agency? We're hearing some rumblings, some reports here and there. Tim Graham reported last week that the Bills have interest in Gronk if he doesn't retire. And there was a report even on Thursday. It was from someone in the Athletic that the Bills are going to be a top suitor for tight end Evan Ingram, who also is, he's like a big slot receiver, maybe more so uh, than a tight end. Do you have the, uh, well, let me ask you this first, because I want your take on what you think, not what the Bills should do. Okay. What do you think the Bills approach is going to be to free agency right now? Because we are seeing, obviously, uh, some teams being very aggressive. Do you think that Brandon Bean is ready to be aggressive and go out there and try to get a home run hitter, whether it's on offense or defensive side of the ball, uh, a big trade, um, maybe a big name, a splashy kind of free agent signing? Or do you see this team continuing kind of what they did last year and to a lesser extent the year before where they they reward their own guys with uh, extensions and re-signing their own guys and just continue to, to build through the draft? Like, How do you think the Bills are going to approaches i think they're really gonna chase for somebody big um do you? i i just did my gut i don't know if it's offense or defense but i think they're trying they're gonna try to get somebody big and one of the reasons i think that is because i think what the broncos did turns up the pressure uh because while in theory it might get you a cleaner path to the one seed that AFC is just a, a death run. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's absolutely. three teams that are loaded in the AFC West. Uh, there's Baltimore. There's Cincinnati. Um, 
you know, if you want to count New England, I, I kind of, yeah, I don't really care about them. Um, Say what you, you know, will about Tennessee, too. They were the number Tennessee, one Tennessee, yeah, they, they, they're there every single year. Every year, you're like, they're not that good, but they're there every year. They're there. <laughs> and then if, if Trevor Lawrence figures it out with his new coach, and that's another quarterback. So, like, I feel bad for the teams in that conference that don't have a quarterback because you just throw your hands up and say, what am I even doing? Because you just you have no shot. Just no shot with the way that that conference is stacked right now. Let me. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I hope, sincerely hope that you are correct. I'm concerned that you're not, and I hope you're <laughs> correct. Here's what I'm going to say, and this is not going to be popular, but I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to say it tonight, and I'll probably be saying it a lot during the offseason, and Bills fans are not going to fucking like this very much. But I'm going to say it anyway. Here's the bottom line with the Bills. Now, you, you've you seen uh, the uh, Vegas has Buffalo as the betting favorites mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl right now. I yep. get it. I understand. That's cool. I like it too. You know, just like most fans, I like to see stuff like that. The Bills are the biggest favorite to win their division more than any other team in the NFL is favored to win theirs. I get that. You know what the Buffalo Bills are to me right now? Chad, they're paper champs. That's all they are. They're paper champs. I know that's not fun to say, and I know people don't want to hear that shit, but the Bills right now are paper champs. I don't give a shit about winning Super Bowls in Vegas in February and March. And there were times last year where I remember the Bills were the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl during the season. Bottom line, two years ago, the team lost in the AFC Championship. Last year, they lost in the divisional round. However they lost, they lost. All right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Now yeah. is not the time to worry about the salary cap in 2027 because you you just hit on it perfect, man. You got Buffalo and KC. So you got KC right there at the top. You got mm-hmm. Cincinnati, who just literally won the Super or went to the Super Bowl. Joey yeah. Burrow and, and Jamar Chase ain't going to get worse. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to improve. Lamar Jackson's back. If Baltimore's healthy, they're a real good team. Denver had a lot of talent, but a shit quarterback, not no more. Uh, the yeah. Chargers are lethally dangerous with that offense, and they just traded for Khalil Mack on Thursday. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, you got, you mentioned New England, uh, Tennessee. Who knows? Last year, we would have laughed if we would have mentioned Cincinnati amongst uh, the good AFC teams. They were 4 That could be Jacksonville this year. I'm yeah. telling you, that could be Jacksonville it could with, be. That, with the new coach. It sounds funny now, but get, again, if I told you last year, since he's in the mix, yeah, Cincinnati was 4-11-1 last year and had the fifth pick of the draft. They sucked. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, my point is this. I don't care where you're ranked or if you're the, the favorite in February. You're a paper champion until you go on the field and get to a Super Bowl. And the, right now, the Bills are paper champs. And you got to go out. You get an opportunity to upgrade on both sides of the ball. Now is the time to do it. They've built for the future, and that's great. But you got to be aggressive now. If you can go out and get... An upgrade over Jerry Hughes at defensive end, pass rushing, you have to. If you can go on and get, well, any tight end will be an improvement over Tommy Sweeney because they want to run more two tight end <laughs> sets. Or, you know, you want to get an upgrade over Cole Beasley, who's not going to be back. I'm going to tell you that right now. No, Chad, no he's I gone. He's not coming it. back. He's no. definitely not coming back. No. Um, you. That's how you have to act right now. You can't worry about too much the future. I will say one thing, and let me know if you agree with this, Chad. Do you think Brandon Bean might have a little bit of concern that come bringing a, a guy in, say a free agent, let's just say somebody like uh, Chandler Jones or, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe Allen Robinson from Chicago, somebody like that, or Cornell P- Patterson yep. from Atlanta. He It doesn't seem to be his ammo to bring somebody in as a free agent who's going to make more money than the guys that are in that locker room. Like his thing kind of, it seems to be, let's reward our own, let's extend our own, we're growing our own. 
And maybe he's worried about what the locker room might think if a guy like, uh, like I said, a guy like Chandler Jones is coming in making $9 million a year more than whoever, whatever linebacker yeah. or defensive end it might be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Um, I guess that's what you have McDermott and his culture for. Now McDermott's culture, no we have to get into this, I think has taken a couple shots to the armor um, this offseason by some stuff that has come out. But, yes. <laughs> um, and that's what you have McDermott for. You know, and, and that's, you know, this is where this franchise is. It, it's it's Super Bowl or bust. Like, right. I'm sorry. If you lose to the Kansas City Chiefs again in the division around, I don't care how good Patrick Mahomes is and how many touchdowns Josh Allen throws for in that game. If you lose, it is a failure. You failed. Like, that's that's the way it works now. I mean, I, I get it for 17 years we didn't have playoffs, but we're past that. Like, it, it is the stage now where you go to the Super Bowl or your season was a failure. Like, the regular season is going to be so frustrating for me because I don't even care. Just tell me when the playoffs start. Like, I don't I mean, the only thing I really care about is we're going to get a one seed. But beyond that, like, I don't even care about the regular season games. I, I have no care whatsoever. Just tell me when the playoffs start because that's when it matters. And and winning and going to that point matters. So if you have to get better defensive ends, if you have to get better receivers, more weapons, I don't care. I, I you know, sell your soul for the next two years because in the third year, you still probably have one of the best quarterbacks in the year of the league, and hopefully he can drag you around. But at least you can be like, yeah, but I had the shiny trophy that I won. And in the in the meantime, if he doesn't, I think Josh Allen, if he's not there right now, I think Josh Allen is at the point where he he's on the precipice of being the best player in the NFL. And I, I truly believe yeah. that. That's not a homer statement. I promise you, it's not a homer statement. I no. truly, in my you're heart, not wrong. Believe. I mean, that. I, listen, I've had my doubts and my criticism about him at times, but. I mean that that dude just wins games, and especially in the playoffs. I, I mean, it, it's I think that was the thing about that loss that bothered me so much. It's not that they lost; it's that Allen was robbed, just robbed of having potentially one of the best playoff performances in history to lead a team to a Super Bowl, and and probably I'll be stopped for probably could have won. Um, so, you know, I, I think that was in that's still the most frustrating now and was at the time is because of how unfair it was to him when he deserves so much more. I've never in my life, and, and I've been a football fan my whole life, and uh, I've watched the Bills almost my entire life, and I'm old, man, and I'm telling you now, I've never seen a quarterback in my life play better than Josh Allen did against New England and Kansas City. And I know yeah. New England, he they literally scored a touchdown every single drive. I know that. But he was even better against Kansas City. He was even better against Kansas City. He was, was even insane. better because insane. of the plays that he made when he had to. There yeah. was, you know, and this might be a, a big difference between Jack. If you're, again, if you're a Jack Eichel hater, for all of his immense talent and stuff, it's like, what has he won? What has he done? When has he taken over games where it absolutely mattered the most and put his team on his back and carried them to huge wins? In fairness to him, you know, the talent around him hasn't been good. But and it's easier for a quarterback in football to do. That. Absolutely, the ball and every single play. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And I would say my point is why I think the Kansas City game was the best game I've ever seen is just because he just forget the numbers. It's just he his will to win. It was unbelievable. He, he just refused, threw him on his back and said, "Okay, we're going to go win this game because I said so." He refused to 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 not score. 
when he had to. He was like, no matter what I have to yep. do, we're going to score. He breaking whether it's breaking tackles and running for the chains, whatever he had to do. Yeah, I still, Joe. I mean, Chad. I'm, I almost said Joe. You're, I'm, I'm, I'm still not over it, Chad. I'm, I'm still not over it, and I'm still very angry. And uh, you referred to McDermott taking some hits, and I just had a podcast this past week with uh, Joe Buffalo Wins, and it was a lot, largely about Tyler Dunn's article. Uh, uh, about Sean McDermott, and I know a lot of Bills fans didn't like that shit because it was it felt personal. I know a lot of Bills fans thought it was personal. Tyler, mm-hmm. you know, and Sean, but was he wrong? I mean, the guy gagged away an opportunity for the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, and you don't don't blame nobody else. Don't blame the special teams coach. Don't blame Leslie Frazier. That it was literally Sean. Now maybe the Bills aren't as good of a franchise without Sean McDermott, but in that moment, in the heat of the playoffs. He's the only reason why the Bills didn't end up going to the Super Bowl. That's Look, that story never happens if you just address it. Answer sure. the questions. Yeah. All, all you had to do one time, once, Man. you were asked numerous times, just what happened? Just tell us what happened. It's okay. <laughs> You'll still be the coach. It's okay. Like, just tell us. So, you know, he made his bed in that regard, and now you got to sleep in it, bud. Now and you it- got this story. Now you got comments, and now you got some you know, Brian Dable things and okay. And some other coaches that are leaving in other comments. So it's, you know, it's out there. He, he's still going to be the coach of his team for a long time, but you know, you kind of set yourself up, buddy. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's what you're going to get. And it's not even just angry shithead fans like us. I mean, Tyler's article was players, you know, he had yeah. source quotes from players talking about you reach accountability, but you don't practice it yourself. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that 100%. obviously, that reverberated around the locker room, him not taking more public uh, accountability. Now, I don't have to give every single but detail not even public. Out. Even like, he didn't even tell them what happened. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. It was like, all right, season over. At the very you know? least, tell your players. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, and a couple of people have said, well, it was the end of the season. It wasn't like there was game film getting ready for the next week. It doesn't matter. After that. But yeah, I agree 100%, man. It just, he when lacked that happens, you, you need to tell someone. Agreed. Like, yeah. Last question. I'm going to let you go. Um, baseball. I don't know okay. if you're a baseball guy or not, but finally the, all right. Okay. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, which by the way, if you are watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, um, make a comment too. I, I've, I've learned that the algorithm matters more people who comment and interact <laughs> on a, on a video. YouTube puts them in better places. But anyway, yeah. Chad just threw up a, a Yankees t-shirt. Good man. I'm a Yankees guy too. But anyway, how close did you come? Obviously, you look pretty excited, so you do care. Wow. Did you come close to not giving a shit anymore? Because I'm going to tell you, man, I was right on the bubble, right on the verge of saying, I'm done with baseball. And I know I've said this before, but I meant it. I was like, I'm really close to being done. This fucking strike, this and that. I got hockey. I got <laughs> basketball going on. Football literally never ends. I mean, we're not even free yeah. agency yet, and football's stealing headlines every single yeah. day. Like, I don't need baseball in my life anymore, but it is back. And I didn't get myself to that point. Did you come close to being like, eh, fuck this sport? So here's my relationship with baseball. Um, I care for the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> and then I don't care again until August or September. So you I'll check if the Yankees are winning games. I'll check standings. I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, they're doing pretty good. Oh, so you're not a fantasy baseball games. player then? No, God, no. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because for a numbers guy, you think I'd be in the baseball because numbers right. are huge in baseball. Not at all. I just, I, look, I cannot watch a baseball game from start until end 
unless there's there's a player I want to watch potentially that might get me a whole game, like like who the league gets you playing against, or it's a playoff game, or I'm there on TV. No, I'll I'll, I'll get two innings. I'll come inside out, you know, from sitting outside in the summer. I'll come in, pop a Yankee game on. I'll watch an inning and then I'm out. Like I, I just can't. This I I cannot commit to a full baseball game unless there's a playoff game or a meaningful game at the end of the season, or maybe a Red Sox game. Like if it's a Red Sox game, I might be in for that. But fantasy yeah, baseball is 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 probably my favorite thing. And I'll say this too: I like what I like about fantasy baseball the most is that I feel like it is actually a game more of skill. Whereas fantasy football is just bullshit, man. Anybody could throw a one-week lineup together. You know what I'm saying? And get lucky on one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not disrespecting my wife, but she's won three of the last four leagues, and this is all guy league. And, uh, Impressive. Uh, no disrespect to women. I, I mean, I know many women who know 10 times more football than me and 99% oh, of the Oh, me guys. too. 100%. 100%. Me too. But it's just, my point is, my wife specifically, I know her. She ain't no football guru, man. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> she somehow has won, which is pretty embarrassing to me because I've never won any. But she's won three of the last four leagues uh, that we've done. I like baseball because it's a daily grind. And it does keep you, and I'm sure it's the same with hockey and basketball too if you do fantasy. But uh, it really keeps you involved in the game on a day-to-day basis. Like I'm a Yankees yeah. fan just like you. The downside is I've become less of a Yankees fan because of fantasy baseball. Because, you know, quite often you're playing against guys on the Yankees or whatever, right. but stuff it, yeah. like that. But it does keep me really uh, engaged. I'd like to do fantasy hockey, but I'm just not smart enough to know enough hockey players, quite <laughs> honestly, man. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I've honestly, the one thing the pandemic has done to me is honestly like take away my interest in fantasy sports. Like yeah? usually I usually do like three fantasy football leagues. I, I Last year I didn't do any. This year I did one and I was kind of, like, eh. and then fantasy hockey, same thing. I'm I'm in the one dynasty league, and even that, like, my team has started off horribly, and I'm just like, yeah, well, screw that. I mean, I, I honestly haven't looked at the team in like a month. Like, it's I, I had no shot because the way the league is set up, it's like, um, it's not a head to head thing. It's kind of earning points, and I'm like, 25 points back. I'm like, yep, I'm not catching anybody. I guess I'll see you. I guess I'll see you when the draft starts. Like, that's <laughs> well, you know. so you're that guy that everyone else in the league can't stand. Yeah, I did put Eichel in because I, I drafted Eichel. <laughs> Yeah. I did put Eichel when he started playing. That I did do at least. You know, I should have mentioned too, like I also, I only have one team per sport. Like if I do fantasy football or baseball, I only have one team because there's nothing more I hate than when on Sunday you're like, I got Josh Allen going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm playing against Josh Allen in my other league. You know what I mean? So you're like rooting for <laughs> yeah. him in one league and rooting against them in another league. I hate that. Before you go, do me a favor. Let people know what they get with expected Buffalo, because you could obviously do a much better job than I do. And you do a great job. You, I've still tried. You're smart. You're, you're, a, a, I don't like saying uh, analytics and all that stuff too often, but you're a, a smart writer. Let's just put it that way. And you come up with charts and, and stats and just articles that I call, I call smart stuff. And I'm still in the process of learning how to understand it. I have taken a, a much better approach. I'm getting better at it. But for people out there watching, people out there listening, tell them exactly what you do and what they get with uh, expected Buffalo. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Um, I always tell people that I'm not really that smart. I'm just good at acting smart. Um, so I tell Anthony all the time. I'm not as smart as you think I am. I'm just a good actor at it. Um, but no, I mean, it. it's, you know, what we're doing over there, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, it's me, uh, Anthony Chandra. I love um, Anthony, by the way. And, and Eddie. Eddie's the new guy. Look at 
we tell people that Eddie, Eddie, he's the stats guy. He's the smart guy. He's the guy that can do the models. And if you watch, if you read his stuff, um, the charts he puts in there and he comes up with his own models, like that's all him. Like he's he's a guy. He he's somebody the Sabres could have hired. We're Anthony and I, we're just we're we're not as in depth as he is because he has that stats and that, right. that data background from school. Um, but the three of us, um, you know, we cover the Sabres, obviously, um, you know, number driven, not all the time, but a lot of it. Um the one fun thing for Buffalo fans that we just started doing, because Eddie is also very into lacrosse. So we actually just posted our first Buffalo Bandits article this week. Really? Uh, yes. So we're going to get more into some Bandits coverage here and some fancy stat numbers with lacrosse. So if you're a box lacrosse fan or Bandits fan, or even a Nighthawks fan, uh, Eddie actually works pretty closely with the Nighthawks. Um, but, you know, he covers all in you know, the box lacrosse. So that's his deal. Um, so, yeah, so we'll be having some lacrosse stuff from Eddie. So a little bit of a different vibe kind of branching out from, you know, two years now nearly. Uh, it actually April 4th will be two years of Expected Buffalo being live, um, wow. which is crazy. It's been two years already. Um, so, you know, we're branching out a little bit. So I'm different. Um, I think eventually we might even see some Bill stuff, but I don't want to tease too much. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Really? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're trying to expand. We're trying to get people more, um, you know, subscription is $5 a month. Um, you get full access to all of our articles. Uh, I do player tracking for college and AHL, uh, which are, you know, micro stats, which is like, you know, shot share and shot quality and shot contributions, you know, all that fun kind of stuff. Uh, that you really can't find anywhere else because that all has to be manually tracked. So for you know, for Sabres prospects and the AHL prospects, we provide that to you as part of your $5 membership and then also the podcast. But the podcast is free. But um, yeah, all that fun stuff. And we do, um, you know, even more, like I said, we have thoughts about how we're going to expand. So we'll see where that takes us here. A lot of fun things going on over at Expected Buffalo for sure. Well, I- I'll tell you what, man. and I And I sincerely, legitimately mean this, man. What I like most about what you do, and you just alluded to it, is you do stuff that you ain't going to get anywhere else. Like when it comes to an example for the Buffalo Bills, look, man, there's a lot of writers out there. There's a lot of podcasters out there. I love their content, man. But you're not really hearing and seeing a hell of a lot from one specific person that you're not going to get from the next guy. And I'm including myself, by the way. So, you know, yeah. if anyone takes it as an insult out there, I'm insulting <laughs> myself as well. I mean, we all do a good job, but you know what I'm saying? It's when, when it comes to what you do, you, you either you're going to you or you ain't going to get it around here when it, <laughs> when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres and hockey. It's just the way it is. I'm just going to going to say that, man. I, I really, truly appreciate you not only doing the podcast, but again, Jumping on and, and and taking over this week for, for Joe Yurden, and especially being willing to jump on. It's almost midnight now, so I mean, I uh, I'm not even tired yet, man. I'm so right behind the game. I'm a little tired, <laughs> but I really do, man. I really appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. Um, always fun talking to you, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, I will be back, guys, next week, free agency week. Um, Greg Thompson is going to be on Monday show. It's going to be a big week. Probably going to have three Greg. or four episodes. Ask so. Greg some hockey questions. Greg knows hockey. <laughs> Trust me. Tell him Chad said to ask you hockey questions. He'll love it. He'll love it. Talk to you later, guys. All right. See you.